On today's Locked On Texan podcast, the culture and atmosphere surrounding the Houston Texans, why does that actually feel different now compared to the last couple of seasons? The offensive tackle position, Larry Tunsil, Marcus Cannon, it's the time to move on. And of course, we continue with our scouting report on the Texans free agents, who should stay, who should go. But first, before we dive into all of that, you know what I'm about to say, start the countdown, let's kick the show off. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a Monday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day, of the week, and we are free and available on all major podcasting platforms, including Stitcher, Megaphone, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and, of course, on YouTube. I'm John Hickman, mm-hmm. joined by none other than Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis, And for today, I think it's very important for us to talk about why the atmosphere, why the feel, why the mood, why all of these adjectives described, used to describe the Houston Texans are different from last year, depressing last year, gloomy last year, incompetent last year. All of those things I have not necessarily heard going into this offseason about this tenure for our head coach, Lovey Smith. And Nick Serio compared to last year, Cody. And if I'm being quite frank, I think people just trust who we have at head coach. And we talked about this before. And, it, you know, that was the immediate reaction when Lovey Smith was hired. But now we're looking at uh, Lovey Smith at the press conferences mm-hmm. last week with the combine. We're also looking at Nick Serio at the press conference last week at the combine. And the last couple of times we've heard from our new head coach, Levy Smith, it did not seem like he was frightened or scared to answer questions. It didn't didn't come off to me as he was looking to navigate away from some questions or navigate away from these tough decisions that he normally, uh, what we normally heard last year from David Culley, put off on Nick Serio to handle. And that could have been due to the Texans wanting to uh, divert everything away from Cully and put that pressure on uh, Nick Casario in terms of Deshaun Watson, what he wanted to do with that, the draft capital stop, uh, the free agency. But now we have a coach who is vocal, has no problem with speaking his mind. And that in turn has done a couple of things, right? Has, number one, the players that are already on the coaching, I mean, on, on the roster, they feel uh, differently about Lovey Smith than what they felt last year. I think so. And I point to the immediate player that I can, you know, can think of will be uh, Aaron, I'm not Aaron Reed, uh, Justin Reed, right? Like that is a different relationship, I believe, between this year and last year. And Lovey Smith is also more proven than David Cully. And so we look at a lot of these things that fans, the NFL world, the national media may have felt about this team last year. It does seem like they're at least, at the very least, 
the Texans have turned the page, turned the leaf, and taken a different direction and, and, and to be uh, more competitive, excuse me, if you will. I don't want to make this and turn this into a Lovey Smith versus David Cully type of situation, but John, I wanted to talk about this today because on tomorrow will mark the official one month, I guess, anniversary of Lovey Smith taking over as the Texans head coach. He was introduced on February 8th, and tomorrow is March 8th. And it just seems like over this first month or so, the Houston Texans are now looked at as an NFL franchise. And let's be honest, it's not. it wasn't just when David Cully was here, but kind of dating all the way back to when they blew that big lead against the Kansas City Chiefs. And we all know that it seems like the Houston Texans has been – in, in a downward spiral ever since then, they was the laughing stock of the NFL, you know, from trades, the players that they signed, the amount of money that was handed out, um, you know, Bill O'Brien walking around here like he was King Bill and can't nobody tell him nothing. He gets out of there. We all know about the side show with Jack Easterby and all this other foolishness that, that has transpired ever since the Texans lost in the playoffs in, what was that, 2019, 2020. It just seems like a new day here with the franchise. And, John, when I when I go back and I take a look at what Lovey Smith had to say, not just with his introductory press conference and, you know, what he had to say last week at the Combine and the same thing for Nick Casario, it seems like the Texans finally have a balance that is going to make them better. Right. Now, look, I don't know how much better they're going to be in terms of the win and loss columns. I mean, I mean, hell, that's the way things are looking right now. I have the ceiling for the Texans in 2022 winning possibly six, maybe seven games. And, of course, a lot of that depends on the development of Davis Mills, the, de the development of Nico Collins, John Grenard, you know, all the young guys we are excited to see about. But when you look at, uh, at Nick Casario, I think he's going to be in a position where he's going to have an opportunity to do a better job because these last two, three press conferences that he has held since Lovey Smith has taken over as head coach, he isn't running around, you know, talking about philosophies and talking about startup companies and all right. this other stuff. He's right. actually talking right. about being a general manager and his number one priority is bringing in the best players at every position in order to get this organization back to back, back back to a winning standard and 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 in terms of lovey smith i have to give him kudos how the way he has handled the press conference especially one of the biggest difference i'm seeing is when somebody asks him about the whole deshaun watson nonsense that is going on and look we all know what the situation is with deshaun watson like i mentioned in the next couple of days you know we're going to be coming on a year coming up on a year since the very first lawsuit but every time david cully was asked about deshaun watson it seems like he was nervous to, to to speak his mind it seems like he was nervous he didn't know what to say a lot of times he said no comment or the situation has not changed Go back to what Lovey Smith said at the combine last week. Deshaun Watson is a very talented young individual, and if and he should be playing in this league, if not for us, for somebody else. And hopefully we can get this, we can get this issue solved quickly. So looking at Lovey Smith, seeing the improvement from Nick Casario from year one to year two. It just seems like the Houston Texans, like I mentioned, I don't know if it's going to result in a lot more wins in 2022, but at the end of the day, they are finally on the right path to get this organization back to where they was and maybe even better during the 2010s or majority of the 2010s. And I will say this. I think right now what is, is 
it's coming off to me. The most helpful thing uh, that I'm looking at is general manager Nick Serio is general manager Nick Serio, mm-hmm. right? That is going to be his hat. And I'll say this, right? He talked about in the last week and a half, in this time span of week and a half, uh, Lovey Smith was asked about, you know, how did he feel about Nick Serio wearing the headset? And he gave his opinion. You know, in my in my in my years, I didn't experience or really work with. A, and I'm paraphrasing, of course. A general major, uh, general manager wearing a headset on game day. I don't anticipate that happening. But Nick Serio will continue to do what he feels is best uh, f- for the team to help out the team. And then when Nick Serio was asked about that, he gave his his points. Right? He's going to continue to do what's best for the team, but not necessarily on the headset anymore. So I mm-hmm. think for for Nick Serio. We will maybe see a better version of him this year because there isn't a I have to wear this ball cap and this ball cap at the same time anymore. I can focus on general manager. Now, a lot of that is due to his own fault, right? He handpicked <laughs> and they went out and they, and they signed off on David Cutter. So, I mean, he has to live with that, right? Mm-hmm. However, once the move was, was made, uh, he had to wear those hats. He had to play – multiple positions, which was something that Bill O'Brien struggled with when he had to do the same thing in terms of coaching and general managing. And of course, uh, Nick Asseri wasn't on the sideline like a Nick, um, like a, like a Bill O'Brien, but you know, that was a part of some of his game day role last year was just helping out on Sundays. And I think for Lovey Smith, I would just describe him as a, a valid coach. Hmm. Validity stands, uh, people know his work as a head coach, not a coordinator, uh, but as a head coach, not a position coach, but as a coach that can lead men, which has always been something uh, that's been credited to Levy Smith, his ability to lead young men. And so I look at these two as now they're able to look at one another and say, okay, you got this over here. I got this over here. And then we'll bring these ideas together in order to build this franchise. That is what this franchise has needed. They have needed people in place to do their job while working with one another. That's how successful happens, right? Like when we see chaos, it's always chaos is always led by everybody trying to do everything. I don't think that's the, the feel for Houston anymore. Um, and I think for the first time that, especially when you look at how they can get things right. Look at the draft. Look at the free agency, right? So for the first time, you have a coach that players may come in and play for simply because of who he is. That hasn't happened in a couple of years. And then when Nick is serious, off the talent, who knows who he'll be able to pull out of his draft to build his roster. So um, you are 100% correct, Cody, when, when, when mentioning this topic, which you brought up, why it's important that the team feels different. They are different. And I, and I think that's fair to say. Football may be over, but the basketball season is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all of the latest totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball or football. BetOnline.net is the source, the number one source for hockey, boxing, UFC, Olympic coverage, 
everything you want to bet on, Vegas casino games, right? They got it at betonline.net. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about all of the latest trends and action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make sure you're following Locked On NFL. Locked On NFL covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. And as we continue our conversation and discussions around the free agency, around the draft and all things Texans, all things offseason, it's very important to discuss the tackle position in terms of what will the Texans do with Larry Tunsil and the future of the team with Marcus Cannon. But before we jump into Marcus Cannon, very important to dis- discuss uh, Larry Tunsil and how Nick Casario may view him. Now, Cody, uh, a friend of ours, Aaron Wilson, wrote an amazing article last week uh, in terms of, uh, well, not in terms, but talking about how Nick Casario views what they pa- possibly may do with Laramie Tunsil. In the article, uh, it mentions that Laramie Tunsil not returning as soon as possible for former head coach David Cully, uh, which they originally projected to be a be out for a week. Remember that conversation we had really raised some questions about his future with the Texans, given his three year $66 million contract and being due man, $17.85 million base salary in 2022, 18.5 for 2023. And for Nick Casario, one of the things that were very interesting for me was uh, he mentioned that he doesn't want to get into some of the things that they talked about him and Larry Tunsil talk, uh, continue with, but we'll see how it goes once we get moving. Casario can continue with, we're kind of going through the whole team building process as we speak. So we've got a lot of players that are under contract. So we'll be pre- uh, pretty pretty busy here in the next couple of weeks. But Laramie's under contract. He's a good player for us. So we'll kind of see how it all goes. And we've talked about here on the show whether or not Houston should move on from Laramie Tunsil. And I think for Houston, it's important – to move on only if the same with Deshaun Watson, I think it may be more so for Larry Tunsil, only if the price is right and what you're going to get back in return. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of people have mentioned the Cincinnati Bengals. We saw what Mike Hilton was doing on social media, trying to, you know, recruit on the Cincy after they gave up maybe a record of sacks in the postseason, nine against Tennessee, uh, and then the Super Bowl where Joe Burrow just got banged up and hit every which way. But, you know, we've talked about him getting traded to Cincy, and I'm pretty sure that Cincy's doing a great job of scouting linemen as we speak for the NFL draft and the free agency. Uh, But for Houston, if they're able to make this team competitive, does it really make sense to move on from Landry Tunsil, given the fact that he is still a very gifted pass rusher? And even though he's making – look at those numbers – uh, a 17.8 this year, uh, 18.5 next year. A lot of money already restructured his contract. We look at last year, which helped Houston to kind of get from under the hole and bring in some free agents during the course of last offseason. You know, I don't expect for him to really do that again 
And that is just his base salary. He can make Cody, I think, it's up to $23 million this year, 23 Damn. $24 in incentives if he plays. Something along those lines. And, you know, he wasn't necessarily as healthy last year. And I agree, you know, with Laramie Tone, so he's not going to say it. It wasn't no point for him to come back last season, you know, to play and risk getting some more. We're not playing for much. But for Houston, should they really just jump the gun on that? Or is he a player that really makes sense to bring back if you can get this team uh, in a more competitive situation in state? To be honest with you, John, listeners and viewers, I kind of think this might be a win-win situation for the Houston Texans in the long run. Because, look, if they keep Laramie Tunsil, Yes, John, you just gave them, you know, gave the salary of, of how much he's going to make. And, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. He is the he, he has the second highest cap hit for the Houston Texans, only behind Deshaun Watson. And of course, if they move on from him, um, Watson, that is, then Laramie Tunsil will be the highest. But outside of the money aspect of things, you still have arguably one of, if not the best pass protector in the game on your roster. You are starting to get a sense that Davis Mills has the potential to be your long-term answer at quarterback, and that will put the Texans in a position where as long as you have Laramie Tunsil, and I do hope if this is the case, you put Titus Howell back to right tackle because he is best at tackle, not at guard, but you have Laramie Tunsil. You still have, um, like I I just mentioned, Titus Howell, and of course, you know, you have to take care of your interior offensive line, but... Having Laramie Tunsil on your offensive line is better than an offensive line without Tunsil. And like I just mentioned, in terms of Davis Mills, now you put your quarterback in a position where he has more time to find his targets when 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 looking for his targets down the field. He actually has more time to do something with the ball. And not only that, there's a bigger possibility that you can actually keep him healthy and you would not have him running around all over the place like we saw for the work for the for the first what? two years with Deshaun Watson, and that is part of the reason why the Texans made that move to begin with. However, on the flip side, John, if they depart from Laramie Tunsil, and I mentioned this last week or a week before last, the last time we talked about this conversation, if you can actually save someone the ballpark to $8 to $9 million by trading Tunsil, you know what you can do in free agency? We just talked about the possibility last week on the Texans, you know, drafting one of the best defensive linemen in Hutchison or Thibodeau. But say if you don't want a rookie, with eight to nine million dollars, you can go out there and actually sign a veteran defensive lineman who can help the the big men up front. So I I, kind of think the Texans are in a win-win situation here. Um, As for me personally, I would like to see the Texans move on from Tunsil if they are able to save money in the long run because there's one thing I will say about this offensive line. Regardless how you felt about it throughout the 2021 season, Titus Howard showed potential that he can actually take care of that left side of the offensive line when you have him at tackle. Yeah, and he does. And I think, you know, for me, and I understand it, so people are going to say, what's the point? You brought him in for him to protect the son. The son's not going to be here. But so now he's protecting Davis here. Mills. Right, and I, and I that's, that would be my rebuttal. To get to that, before I get to that, I would say I understand it. The money is where we are <laughs> looking at Larry Tunsil and saying, well, you, you kind of got us messed up a little bit, right? You're making a lot of money, 
and you know you struggled with penalties not that great in terms of run blocking but on the other hand he's a very polished and i mean polished pass protector smooth with his game too man it's like watching maybe george gervin just go to a whole oh highlights going to the cup mm. just smooth with the finger roll that's how that's how i would describe uh laramie tunsil with his pass protecting but it's difficult. This is one of those situations where uh, Nick Casario is, is going to be looked at and maybe judged unfairly, right? Mm. You know, this contract was one of those contracts where, you know, this was all, this was another, this is something that was done before he got here and it's hard for him to move on from because of the money that's involved. And then you would also look at the value of Larry Tunsil and what you get back. I think that's also very interesting because if you move on from Larry Tunsil, what are the Texans expecting to get back from? Him? And, right? and, and even still with that contract, I expect for him to pay some of that money off as well. And here's one other aspect I want to point out, John, listeners and viewers. I wonder what was the motivation behind Laramie Tunsil heading into the 2021 season? Because remember, in the last segment, we just talked about how the vibe surrounding the Texans is different now with Lovey Smith. Last year, that vibe, as we all know, wasn't like that. It was a terrible vibe behind the team. And to be honest with you, John, listeners and viewers, I personally was not surprised that Tunsil ended his season the way he did. And we started seeing a slight decline in his play on the field because watching him doing training camp compared to what i saw during the 2020 training camp when they had us out there you know doing the whole covid situation and even more so what we was able to see during the 2019 training camp i did not see a guy that was motivated and also when you take a look at where the houston texans were by the time he got injured they had lost Tyrod Taylor already for an sustainable amount of time because he just sustained that hamstring injury. The Texans, the week prior to his injury, they, was, they, they got beat down by 40 points to the Buffalo Bills. And Davis Mills, even though he, he looked pretty good against the New England Patriots, there was more questions surrounding his ability to be a starting caliber quarterback in this league. So I don't think going into the season – Laramie Tunsil, his mental mindset playing the game this year, it wasn't there. But I'd also point to Nick Casario saying that we're going through the team building process as we speak. And so, you know, that that that's going to be a factor for Casario moving forward. If you're actually not going to play when we need for you to play, then we probably don't want you in town. Cody, man, you chopped the new puffs? The new Bill no, puffs? no. Now, not yet, man. I got to make sure I change my address in time so they can ship it to my new apartment. Need that new pack to touch down. Well, I'll say, I, I'll say this, man. The Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. I know. Yeah. Take that in. Take it in. Fluffy. Marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. It's a treat. My dad always said, don't cheat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself with the new puffs by Bill Bar. And just like all of the Bill Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. One thing I love about it, 
low calorie, just like the other Bill Bars. High protein, just like the other Bill Bars. Replace your candy bar with these. They're better. And a typical candy bar can be anywhere between two to 300 calories. As to a Bill Bar, 130 calories. Four grams of sugar. Four net carbs. 17 grams of protein. Best option out on the market, I'll tell you that. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. One of my personal favorites, the white chocolate cookies and cream that came out last month. All of these delicious flavors to choose from. Go to Bill.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bill.com. Thanks for making the Locked On Texas your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft with Ryan Tracy and former NFL Cornerback Eric Crocker, they bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. And before we close out with this Monday installment of Locked On Texans, we took a break on Friday, but we're going to continue with our Houston Texans free agency profile as we break down and discuss whether or not the Houston Texans should bring these players back. Next up on the list, Malik Collins. And John, listeners and viewers, I honestly don't know how to feel about Collins. Yes, he did have a very, I don't want to say subpar, but he had a pretty decent season with the Houston Texans. In my opinion, he did kind of revamp his career because we all know his career started out really good in his first two seasons with the Dallas Cowboys, but injuries kind of derailed his career signed with the las vegas raiders did not have a good stint there signed with the houston texans last season and he did provide the texans defensive line with some type of stability throughout the throughout the year finished the season with two and a half sacks but john i'm not sure if i want to see nick casario bring malik collins back i i just don't know because i i kind of feel like even though he did a decent job, I think they can actually go out and find somebody who can do his job better. You know, I had a question for Texan Cap because Malik Collins is a player, it seems, Nick Casario and Lovey Smith wants back. Mm-hmm. And during Nick Casario's press conference opening at the podium last week, he mentioned that uh, bringing players in or retaining players comes down for Houston to value and role. And of course, we know that they have this cap situation that they're they're going to want to improve, and I expect them to do so. But Texan Cap, I, I, I asked had a question for Texan Cap on Twitter, and I asked him, would it be possible for Houston to, to sign Collins to a multi-year contract in this year's base salary? Is the cheaper of the year of the of the year contracts? For example, a three-year, twenty million dollar contract that he was signed would five him base salary this year. Would that be ideal? Uh, he answered that by saying, "Yes, can easily do that. I think three year for twenty is below the market that Collins is looking for." I went back door and asked him, you know, any insight on this market and how the Texans can get a deal done. That works for both sides. He responded with, have to wait and see how the rest of the league views him 
Texas would like to bring him back, but probably have a ceiling on his value. And I think that's the best way to put it, right? The Lovey Smith, like, remember Tommy Harris and how great he was for Lovey Smith. And I'm nowhere near comparing Malik Collins to Tommy Harrison, but a nasty rough of defensive tackle is important for this defensive front. It always has been for Levy Smith, right? Uh, we saw him kind of mix up some of those coverages last year and see more blitzes throughout the years. The year went on, but for the most part, this is a base defense that he really wants a couple of things to happen. His front four to be dominant and the back five to really be able to create turnovers. It did that last year. It created turnovers last year. And at times, the front four showed promise, right? When Jonathan Grenard was out on that field, they looked better than when he was not on that field. And I get it. Malik Collins is a player that the Texans want to retain. But, you know, I, I just kind of played around with a three-year $20 million. And I don't know what his market value is. We'll wait to see, as he mentioned, as the Texas cap mentioned on Twitter, once the free agency kicks off, how teams would judge and view him. But, you know, I think in order to get this deal done, in any shape, form, or fashion, the first part of it will be offering him a multi-year contract. And the first year of that contract, the base salary would probably be, you know, more than likely the cheaper of the year deal. So if he signs a three-year deal for however many much, you know, in return for money, then that first year of the three, that'll probably be the cheaper of the year. Then you will see the increase in the salary. Of course, salary caps go up every year. And then the Texans actually they seem to be in a better position for next year. And I think that's with is that I don't know if that was calculated with or without Deshaun Watson, but they'll have some extra money next year to play with. So they'll be able to uh you know do more in free agency or some of these contracts. But Malik Collins is a player I like to see return back. I'm not 100 percent sold on Ross Blacklock being a every down defensive tackle just yet, just yet. And I, I do want to say just yet, because there were moments last year where to me, it seemed he figured it out. Right. And Roy Lopez, I'm not 100% sure on how they view him as an every down D tackle as well. So yeah, we look love at him, Lee, <laughs> but we, everybody loves Roy Lopez and I, and I love Roy Lopez. I love Ross Blacklock. I think he can, once he figures out more of the NFL and he's now comfortable in it, uh, 4-3 defense compared to a 3-4, that showed last year in his game. Once he figures things out, I think he'd be a whole lot better than I expect for him to have a better year in year three. And I've said that multiple times on the show. And so even still, you still need a, a vet that just knows how to win and be nasty. And I think that's what Lee Collins can be. I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the Locked On Texan podcast on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.